You're listening to episode 73 of the Tennis Files podcast, 10 Tips to Supercharge Your Tennis Game. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Welcome to the Tennis Files podcast, bringing you advice from the top minds in tennis to help you improve your game. And now, here's your host, Mirban Iranshad. Hey everyone, welcome to another fantastic episode of the Tennis Files podcast. I'm really excited to have you listening to the show. I always love bringing fantastic interviews and the best content that I can for you all to listen to and to learn from and to implement in your game. Uh, and it's always important, uh, that last part, implementing. If you listen to millions of hours of advice, but you never implement, uh, nothing will happen. So always be bold and take action um, so that you can improve and become the best tennis player that you can be. So uh, today's episode will feature 10 tips to supercharge your tennis game. And I know obviously there's a ton of information in all the interviews and episodes that I have. Uh, I try to direct the guests towards giving you tips to improve your tennis game. But today I have combined tips from 10 different fantastic guests on the show. And as many of you know, at the end of each interview, I ask the guests this one question, which is, give us one key tip that can help us improve our tennis games. And today I'm going to play back 10 answers from our podcast guests. And these tips will be coming from the following people. Dr. Joe Parent one of the best psychologists in the game today, Peter Freeman, who is the owner of Crunch Time Coaching and a great friend of mine, Johnny Frazier, who is a, a top-level strength and conditioning coach in the UK, Gregory Howe, who pursued his dream at the age of 34 to attain a world ranking, Leon Vessels, who is a practice partner for so many amazing pros, including Alexander Zverev and Grigor Dimitrov uh, at the City Open. Jamie Loeb, who is a professional tennis player on the WTA Tour, who I met at this past year's City Open player party. Dennis Kudla, who is a top-level pro on the ATP Tour and a crowd favorite of the DMV, which is the D.C., Maryland, Virginia area. He trains at the Junior Tennis Champion Center. Ian Westerman, the founder of Essential Tennis, Gigi Fernandez, a 17-time Grand Slam champion, and Ramon Osa, founder and owner of Osa Tennis 360. And I have links to all of the episodes from these interviews, and you can check all these links out at tennisfiles.com slash 73. And obviously these episodes will be on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, and all the uh, podcast apps that you use to listen to the show. So this will also give you a great flavor for kind of what the what each guest was talking about during the show. And hopefully this episode will really narrow down some huge tips, uh, really important tips that you can implement in your game and your approach to improving your game so that you can reach the next level. 
and I'm going to play back each clip and then comment on the remarks of each guest. So I really hope you enjoy this episode, and let's first go through the key tip from Dr. Joe Parent, which is from episode 71 of the podcast. Well, Bill and I have a chapter in, in Zen Tennis called Practice Big Points. And this is something you can do in practice and put yourself in that pressure situation. See, am I, am I playing to play a great point or am I playing to not make a mistake? It's a good way to do that. And that's simply uh, to start each game with your opponent, play a game with your opponent, and start each game either add in or add out. And so, and you take turns. So the first point you play, add in. If, if you lose, you're back at deuce, and you have to finish the point till somebody wins the game. If you win one point, you won the game. And the next game, your opponent has – you have add out. Your opponent has the advantage. And, you, and if they win the point, you lose the game. You win the point, you get to deuce, and then you play it from there. And so starting, you, you, starting that way – Add in or add out, your every point is a big point. And you can practice the pressure situations that way and, and practice a lot more of them than just playing regular games. So that's a that's a tip that you can practice to really get used to playing under pressure and, and being aware of what your tendency is. Is my is, do I have the habit of going to defensive playing not to miss, or do I bring my best strokes out and play to hit great shots. So a really excellent tip to start off this episode by Dr. Joe Parent, who has worked with so many uh, famous athletes and celebrities on the mental aspect of uh, their sport or profession. And I really can't agree more with Dr. Joe because unless you practice pressure situations, uh, you won't get used to them. And so, of course, we're not going to be playing tournaments every single week uh, unless we're a rare breed. But uh, the next best way to practice pressure situations is to you know, play shortened games. Um, like Dr. Joe said, you know, play, start it at out. Or another way to do this is to start your games at 30 all. Um, because obviously the the next two points, the next couple points are extremely crucial. And by getting in that sort of mindset where your your intensity is at a, at an all time high, um, you're going to get used to playing uh, in matches. Because in matches you're in a, a much more serious mode usually than you would be in practice. Um, and to kind of step back from that, I think the best athletes in the world practice uh, just as hard or even harder um, than they are playing in matches. Um, but for most of us, we do have this drop wherein when we're practicing, we don't play, we play much more loose and free. And often we, we find that, hey, we're playing a lot better in practice. And then we go to matches and then we wonder why we're not performing as well. And so the best thing to do is to um, have these intense practices. And part of that is uh, practicing big points, like Dr. Joe said. And uh, again, try, try the add out drill, try 30 all uh, games. And you're going to see that you're you're going to be playing much more seriously and in a much more competitively, and this is going to really help you compete 
and focus and hone in on what you need to do uh, to be successful in competitive situations, whether that's when you're playing big practice points or big matches. So let's run the next clip from Peter Freeman. I think the key tip is you, you, every day is an opportunity to get 1% better, and, and, and that should be your goal. Um, I watched a video series called Tom versus Time on Facebook. It was fantastic. And he really lives that. Like um, the, his throwing coach, who he worked with for hours just on throwing one basic pattern, is saying, hey, look, when, when he's improving, it's like splitting hairs on a frog. Like it's not noticeable. But to him, it's a big deal. So a guy who has pretty much perfected the, the, the position of being a quarterback is still looking to improve. And so if you really do view this as, I think the people who are going to enjoy tennis the most and get, get the best out of it is the, the people who view it as lifetime learning. And, and, and you can always get better, you know, even if you're not getting faster, even if you're not, we're, none of us are getting younger, right? But it doesn't mean, you know, I, I forget who I saw the other day. I think it was one of the legends, you know, who's still one of the younger legends. I forget who it was. No, it wasn't even a younger. It was Dick Stockton. Dick Stockton did an interview with Matt Bradshaw. Dick Stockton, for people who don't know, beat Rod Laver in Rod Laver's last match at Wimbledon. The guy was good. <laughs> and uh, and uh, he said that he thinks his ground strokes are better today than they were when he was on the pro tour. So, you know, the idea that you can always get better and, and, uh, and keep improving and don't get stale, I, I think that that's the best tip I can give you. Another awesome tip here from Peter Freeman from Crunch Time Coaching uh, on episode 70 of the Tennis Files podcast. Uh, I really love Pete. I mean, he is a true, passionate coach, uh, a true student of the game, and he's always looking to help his players improve and improve himself. And uh, the big message here is that even just improving 1% each day really adds up. You don't have to put a huge amount of pressure on yourself to fix something in a day because obviously that rarely ever happens uh, if it's if it's something that uh, needs hard work to be put in. Um, but if you just focus and concentrate on improving a little bit each day, chipping away, then you're eventually going to have accumulated huge gains. Um, and I really like having that just small goal there because that is much more attainable um, uh, mindset, uh, m- much more attainable to improve yourself 1% each day uh, instead of uh, trying to uh, overnight uh, change things. So, and another really important part of this is your keeping your mindset of improving, uh, improving each day. Because the problem is if you don't improve, then people are going to constantly be uh, leapfrogging you. And I remember a period in my junior career where, you know, I had beaten a lot of uh, top players in the juniors. And, you know, after a a few months, I found, wow, all these other players, now they have bigger serves, bigger uh, forehands, and some of them now have beaten me. And what's going on? What's going on? And I realized that, hey, you know, I haven't been working on my game as much as I should have, um, and I need to focus on improving myself and my game again. And this 1% strategy 
is also fantastic because I heard a story from, uh, I forget who, but uh, on a podcast, but this person said that he had a hard time flossing uh, each day. It was simply too, um, I guess, difficult of a task for him, even though it seems not that, it seems pretty trivial. But anyway, his friend told him, you know what, just try to floss one tooth a day and that's it. And again, as silly as that sounds, it made the task so easy, uh, so easily attainable that um, this person did floss one tooth a day. But then all of a sudden, eventually, they started flossing their entire set of teeth. And so you can relate this to trying to improve 1% each day because you've got the mindset that, okay, you know what, I'm just going to try to improve a little bit. And then, you know, you get the ball rolling and maybe all of a sudden you're not just improving something 1%, but you have um, you've, you have the momentum and now you're really working hard on that, uh, whatever it is in a part of your game that you're trying to improve. And then maybe you're improving it 10%, 20% or more. So just have that, that small goal there and you might even be improving much more than a tiny amount each day. And even if you only improve a little bit each day, then it will add up. Trust me. Um, So great tip by Pete there. Improve 1% each day. Awesome stuff. So the next tip here to supercharge your tennis game is from Johnny Frazier, who is a fantastic strength and conditioning coach. Um, He spoke to me on episode 69 of the podcast. And without further, further ado, here is that clip. Uh, okay. Yeah. So, um, without, without doubt it is, um, being prepared and planning. So regardless of, of how much you play, um, whether you are a club player, whether you're a professional player, it's always being prepared. It's always making sure that we go through the small things and we do them well that will help you. So making sure we do a, a good warm up, making sure we do our prehab, making sure we, we do our cool down. So be prepared, be planned and ultimately give yourself time. Excellent tip from Johnny Frazier, uh, who, as I mentioned, is a fantastic strength and conditioning coach who I met at the uh, International Tennis Performance Association World Tennis Fitness Conference. And um, his tip here is is excellent because uh, this is something that I have struggled with on multiple levels, actually, where uh, at one point in my career, I wasn't planning properly for things. I would just go into uh, a tournament without knowing what was nearby, where the facilities were, uh, you know, what what things were there to help me uh, get ready for my matches. And um, if you don't know that, or if you don't know what, you know, where, where, what places you can go to eat a healthy meal, uh, you're just going to be scrambling and going to random places and you're not going to be optimizing your performance on the court um, your recovery and it affects so many things. And, uh, in particular, uh, Johnny mentioned the warm up, and the warm up is so important. And as I mentioned before as well, you know, I used to go to a tournament even or a UCA match, uh, league match and, and not warm up. And, you know, it would take me like a set to actually get in the groove. And by that time, I mean, it's too late and your, your opponent has a lot of confidence from, uh, from winning the first set and and sure I mean obviously you can come back and win but it's a lot harder and I've really truly felt a difference when I've done my dynamic warm-up which I 
try to do pretty much every time before I play uh, my d- dynamic warm-up stretches. And uh, when I do that, then my body feels primed and ready to play much better tennis. And so preparation is key. It really is. And um, and also with the warm-up, it prevents you from, again, from injuring yourself, which is obviously so crucial. So planning is unbelievably important. Know where you're going. Uh, research the surroundings. It actually doesn't take as much time as you'd think. And prepare yourself to play the best tennis that you can. All right, here is the next clip from Gregory Howe's interview. Ooh. Um, I mean, I, I play every Friday morning with a guy that used to be 40 in the world, a guy called Patrick Coonan. I don't know if you remember him. Made the quarterfinals at Wimbledon way back. And he always screams at me on, at 7 o'clock on Friday morning, footwork, footwork, footwork. Um, you know, everything's about feet. And he, he's right. If your feet are in position, then, um, you know, it sets up the rest of the game. So I guess that's probably, for me, the most important thing. If you're fit, your footwork's good, everything else comes together. Footwork truly is the name of the game, and I thank Gregory for mentioning this great quote to end episode 68 of the podcast. And uh, truly, footwork is king. If you don't get to the ball, then you just simply don't stand a chance uh, in the point. Um, And if you don't set up your body right, so maybe you get to the ball, but your feet aren't in the uh, optimal position, uh, then you won't be able to hit a good shot um, because the, the, the strokes, the technique, um, the power all starts from your feet, a.k.a. the kinetic chain. Um, if you remember, Dr. Kovacs uh, has spoken a lot about this, uh, both on my podcasts and uh, on my tennis summits that I host. Um, but you need to get in position with good footwork. Uh, you need to set your feet and your your body and and it's only through that that you can actually hit the ball really well um and you have to be balanced and you know obviously the the list goes on with that but it's super important that you have great footwork and um you really need to take a look at this uh, at your footwork and what you're doing either uh through coach or through videoing which uh hint is going to be uh, one of the tips later on in the show here Um, But thank you, Greg, for that great uh, tip there. And next, let's go to Leon Vessel's key tip. Ah, man, prove your tennis game. I want to say consistency, all right? No matter what shot it is, if it's your forehand, your backhand, whatever shot you're good at, Make the other one just as good as that shot because if you can be consistent on both sides, it's going to be a really tough opponent. Whatever it is, consistency, man, that's the biggest thing. You know, like go hit 100 backhands in in 20 minutes and then go do it again in another 20 minutes and keep doing it until you feel like, hey, you can do it in your sleep. You know, like that's what makes you almost like an Nadal, almost like a Djokovic, you know, like almost like a Federer. Because they just look calm at doing it, you know. I feel like uh, we all can do the same things. It's just about how well or how much confidence, you know. And if you're consistent, you'll be super confident. That's what I learned. Leon, my man, thanks for coming on to the podcast there and giving us that fantastic key tip about consistency. Uh, amazingly important uh, concept here. Because uh, especially at the amateur level where most of us are playing, consistency 
will win because there are going to be way more errors than winners. Um, I'm going to link uh, on the show notes at tennisfiles.com slash 63. I'm sorry, tennisfiles.com slash 73. A great article by Craig O'Shaughnessy, who I've had on uh, Tennis Summit 2018. Uh, great session there. But he talks about errors versus winners. And the quote from that article says, Tennis is a game of errors more than it is a game of winners. And there was analysis on uh, the last four Grand Slam events. I'm not exactly sure if it's um, the very last four or maybe a couple back. But in the last, uh, the in those four Grand Slam events that they looked at on the WTA tour, there were 49,000 errors and four and 19,000 winners. So that is 71 percent errors. Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Um, so even even at the pro level, it's mostly about errors. Who is making more errors? And so, I mean, if you think to uh, your, your USDA leagues, probably a lot of the better players are the ones who are just simply making more balls. Um, if you just focus on the basics, for example, you know, deep cross court balls, playing high percentage tennis, not going for crazy winners all the time, and uh, and also another concept that uh, relatedly here that Leon mentioned is uh, just repetition. You know, getting in the reps. Obviously, you need to put time on the practice court, uh, make it a lot of balls. Um, so it's second nature. And if you're able to do that, then you're going to be able to beat so many players out there, uh, just out hustling them and making more balls than them. Um, so I really highly encourage you to just get out there and, and, and place a lot of your focus on consistency. And I think it'll help you by leaps and bounds if you focus on your consistency there. So the next clip is from one of my favorite WTA pros, Jamie Loeb. And let's run that. I think the first thing is you know, you need to enjoy the sport. You have to in, like, truly enjoy it and want to, you know, dedicate your time and make sacrifices. If you don't enjoy it, then you're not going to have the results. You're going to waste your own time and, and your parents' money, and they won't appreciate that. <laughs> so I'd say you definitely enjoy it. Um, have fun with it. I that's very cliche, but if you're not having fun, then what's the point of doing it? You have to really love it. And whether you want to turn pro, play college tennis, like definitely set goals for yourself and do your best to follow through with them. And even if you don't, you you know, you want to look in the mirror every day and be like, look, I gave it my all, I gave it my best, and this is all I can ask for. So great advice by Jamie there to keep your longevity in the game. Uh, I mean, if you're not enjoying it, you have to kind of look at what's going on. Uh, is it because you're not improving? Is it because you're not practicing with the right group? Are you playing too many matches? Are you burning out? 
Uh, maybe you'd want to switch to doubles if you're playing a lot of singles or vice versa. Uh, so really take a look at what's going on there and try to make sure that you're happy playing the game because it truly is an amazing sport and one that I think you should definitely be involved in all your life. But uh, if there's anything that's bothering you with it, um, just take a look and try to make a change there. Um, and of course, uh, setting goals is extremely important. And setting goals also makes it really exciting to play the game because then you have something to strive for and to to, to reach your goals through uh, hard work and um, focused work there. Um, so definitely, no matter what level you're playing at, like Jamie said, create some goals that you'd like to reach and that would fulfill you and make you happy and uh, go for them uh, without a doubt. Write them down somewhere, create a plan for reaching them, and then just take action and reach them and enjoy the fruits of your labor there. So thank you, Jamie, uh, possibly the greatest dancer in all of the WTA, uh, <laughs> for that great quote there. And you should definitely check her episode out um, at tennisfiles.com slash 66. So another pro here, this time on the ATP Tour, uh, also one of my favorites, uh, especially because he trained at the Junior Tennis Champions Center, which is uh, nearby uh, where I live uh, in the uh, D.C., Maryland, Virginia area, uh, Dennis Kudla on episode 65. And let's run his top tip to improve our tennis games. Yeah, to improve the tennis game for me is uh, keeping simple. Don't, don't overcomplicate anything. Um, I mean, tennis can be played in so many different ways, as you can tell from all the different stroke types, different game styles of guys who are on the top. Uh, I mean, timing is number one. Gotta, gotta have that timing, but you need to enjoy it. In order to succeed, you gotta enjoy what you do. So always find a way to keep yourself happy. You know, and if anything, it was technical or stop, it just keep rising the ball. It's that simple. <laughs> keep your body control. We're probably one of the biggest tips to have for uh, people in tennis when it comes to something technical like that. So, so a couple of great tips there from Dennis, including uh, keeping it simple, uh, focusing on timing, uh, enjoying the game, and uh, keeping uh, your body in control. Uh, first with simplicity. Uh, simplicity is often the winning formula to most things. Uh, it's definitely better to not overcomplicate things. So if you can find a more simple way of uh, hitting a stroke, then that's less moving parts. So that's, that's often the best way. Uh, and also, like Dennis mentioned, I mean, there's so many different ways of playing the game, different approaches, gaming styles, different techniques. And you don't always want to get too bogged down if, for example, your technique looks different from someone else's. As long as it's working for you and producing the type of tennis that you want to play, then there isn't a problem. I mean, obviously, you should always be analyzing your game and figuring out what you can do to produce uh, better tennis. But a lot of times, again, going back to our goals, what are our goals? Um, we may not need to focus so much on changing our technique. Maybe it's more a question of uh, changing our strategy or something else like that. Um, but again, simplicity is often the best way to go. 
on things. Um, it also goes for coaching too, because I see coaches uh, sometimes uh, shouting a million different instructions to players, for example, during drills. And uh, if you can, as coaches, communicate something to an individual uh, in simpler terms and more piecemeal rather than uh, several at a time um, so that they can just concentrate on one uh, relatable uh, concept at a time, then that is extremely helpful. Um, and also uh, body control, um, that's really important too, like I mentioned with, uh, and, and as uh, Greg mentioned, with the footwork, um, of course, you, you need to have control of your body in order to stay in balance and hit great shots. And as Jamie mentioned, you need to enjoy the game, uh, like Dennis also said. So that was a great couple of uh, suggestions there, tips to improve your game from Dennis. Again, a fan favorite in the area where I'm at. Next, we have Ian Westerman, a very prolific personality and instructor in the uh, online tennis world. And also, of course, in person because he does uh, give lessons and clinics uh, on the court as well. But uh, Ian Westerman, the founder of Essential Tennis. Let's run that clip. Go video yourself right now. I don't care how long you've been playing tennis. I don't care what level you are. I don't care how many YouTube videos you watch. I don't care how many books you read. I don't care how many podcast episodes you listen to. If you've never watched yourself hit a forehand or a serve or a backhand, you have no idea what you're actually doing on the court. No idea. (laughs) And so no other tip I could give is possibly as important as that. If you've never videoed yourself take the phone out of your pocket, aim it towards the baseline and hit record. It's unbelievably easy. It's free. And it's by far the biggest ROI that you could, the biggest ROI way that you can spend your time on the court. Because if you don't know what you're doing, then how in the world can you possibly hope to target the right things that will help you improve the fastest or the, the, the most? And so unfortunately, most uh, players and most coaches are completely blind out there. And of course, like over the years, you, you, you develop kind of your coaching eyes telling you right now, and we've got four coaches on a court working with a student and I can be standing 10 feet away with another different coach feeding, standing there, which, which hardly anybody does either with an iPad and my eyes will see one thing and the video shows something else standing there looking for something very specific. And depending on the swing and the technique that we're looking at, I'm not sure until I look at the iPad. And that's a completely different story from being 80 feet away on the other side of the net, feeding balls and and saying like instructions, a completely different world over on the other side of the court. So if you're a coach and you're not using video, you're doing your students a disservice. If you're leading yourself through tennis improvement and you're not videoing yourself, you're wasting a lot of time. And I, I, I say those like, I don't overstate things. Like I truly believe those two statements and hopefully it motivates people to, to finally do it because unfortunately most players and most coaches are not doing it. And that just, it blows me away. Ian and his team do incredible work, um, especially on the online space. Um, they put out so many, uh, so much free content on YouTube and uh, fantastic courses as well on their 
uh, at EssentialTennis.com. And this is one of uh, my most favorite tips. Uh, it really resonates with me. And what particularly struck me with this point here by Ian is the fact that even if as a if even if a coach is watching you play, they still may not be able to pick up certain things until they go to the videotape. Because what videoing yourself allows you to do is that you can slow down. I mean, first off, you can rewatch yourself playing, uh, hitting a particular stroke or a point, and you can rewatch. And you can also slow down the video to half speed, a quarter speed, or less sometimes. And that's where you can really find out what is going on in your game and how you can change certain things that you're doing in your technique or um, the way you're playing points to improve yourself. And it is so, I mean, it is so cheap. You know, you already have a smartphone, so it's basically free if you can get somebody to stand behind you or to the side or whatever position you like and to video you playing. Um, and then you can send that to your computer and watch it in, in even bigger on an even bigger screen. And even if you're not, even if you don't have someone to video you, I mean, what I do very frequently, especially when I practice my serves and then, you know, sometimes when I play matches, which I should do this more uh, and when I practice, is I just bought a very inexpensive, a very inexpensive tripod, which I will link to in the show notes of this episode at tennisfiles.com slash 73. And you can buy a, so you can buy a tripod and then you can buy a smartphone adapter and altogether that's probably going to run you maybe like 30 bucks or, or something like that, depending on what kind of tripod you get. Um, and you can just use that and just press play and then you can, uh, you can, you can record yourself and watch yourself that way. And also, obviously, you can also get a DSLR camera or some other type of camera or a video camera and use that too. But it's as inexpensive as using uh, a smartphone or an iPad. And uh, really highly encourage you to videotape yourself because, as I mentioned previously, I did not know that I had a hitch in my serve until I had videoed myself. And then I was really surprised at seeing... The Hitch and other people have commented to me too, as you'll hear in the podcast with Ian. I, I mentioned uh, another friend who said that he had no idea of what he was doing until he taped himself. So really, really highly recommend it. It's, it's really easy. Trust me. Um, videotape yourself and watch yourself. And you can even post the video on forums or send it to your coach or vice versa uh, or ask your coach to watch the video and uh, get some input and that will really improve your game uh, quite a bit. So on to the next tip from 17-time Grand Slam champion Gigi Fernandez. Watch the Gigi method. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) There's just not one thing as, you know, there's just so many things for double specifically. I mean, if you're, if we're thinking about, Something from the technical perspective, I'd say watch the ball. And it sounds so simple, but I don't think I don't think recreational players watch the ball at all. I mean, they like if I when I'm working with recreational players and and I ask them where do they start tracking the ball, usually it's when the ball has already crossed the net. So you need to track the ball on the other side of the net. So watch the ball come off your opponent's string, and then start deciding what you're going to do with it when it when it's over there, and not when it's already up on you. So, so watch the ball sounds simple, but I don't mean watch the ball when it's on your side. I mean, watch the ball when it's on the other side. 
Love this fantastic tip from Gigi Fernandez. I mean, because most people think about watching the ball when it's coming to them or keeping their eyes on the ball as they hit the ball. But not as many people think about the positive impact of watching the ball on your opponent's side. Because when you truly pay attention to watching the ball on on the opposite side and also your opponent, then you're going to be able to anticipate where the ball is going next. Um, And you can tell by also the positioning of the player. Are they off balance? um, Their tendencies, um, you know, how they look before they hit certain shots. And so this is going to really help you uh, reach so many more balls. And also, especially when you're playing doubles, which is what Gigi focuses on in her instruction, you're going to be able to pick off a lot more balls. Um, You'll know, uh, you'll better know when to poach, uh, when not to. Um, when a player is more likely to go down the line. Um, for example, one great cue is that a lot of times when somebody opens up their racket so that they're going to hit a backhand slice, um, that's a great time to try to uh, to poach because that ball is going to be going slower and most likely will be going cross-court. Uh, so again, watching the ball on the opponent's side and also the opponent themselves is a fantastic tip there from Gigi. So our final, but definitely not least, if I said that right, quote here, uh, tip rather, is from Ramon Osa from Osa Tennis 360. And this is a great tip here to close off the podcast. And here it is. Well, first of all, nothing I can say will ever convince you um, that you can hit a kick serve. You're the only one that can ever, you know, make that determination. But um, I will say that a firm belief of mine, and this has been a, a huge reason why, you know, I've gotten to do a lot of the cool things that I've, I've been fortunate enough to do is if someone can learn how to do something, someone out there can learn how to do something, anybody can learn how to do it. We all have infinite potential locked up within us. And at a physiological level, um, we, we, we used to think that, um, neural, neural synapses or whatever neural connections stopped like at the age of seven, you know, and if you, if you were eight years old, it was all over, <laughs> you know, there was nothing you could do. We actually have proof now that neurogenesis happens until the day we die. So we're always forming new connections. And if you approach anything that you want to do, including the kickser from a logical systematic proven system and you follow the steps, there's absolutely no reason, you know, that you can't do something. But as Henry Ford uh, once said, whether you can think, I'm going to butcher this quote, but whether you think you can or you can't, you're right. So, um, you know, that's kind of up to you, you know, the way you see what your potential is. I know without having met you that your potential is absolutely unlimited. So I'm going to say, of course you can learn it, but ultimately you got to make that decision. I really love this motivational piece of advice um, to end the uh, the series of clips here on uh, tips to supercharge your tennis game. Um, Ramon brings up a fantastic point, and which reminds me of a podcast episode that I just listened to uh, on the James Altucher show, which is a fantastic show, by the way. Uh, shout out James! But uh, he interviewed Danica Patrick. And Danica said that when she was about 19 years old, I believe, uh, or so, she uh, didn't have any sponsors. She was, I think, abroad in the UK. Uh, I may be getting that wrong, but she wasn't making any money. Um, And yet she still believed, she truly believed that she would make it as a race car driver. So she had nothing, 
but she still had that belief. And that belief was so strong that it led her to eventually reach her dreams. Um, and of course, she put in the work to go along with the belief, but she had that strong belief that she could do what she dreamed of doing. And so without belief, you won't be able to achieve anything meaningful. And the great, you know, one of the best quotes, as Ramon said, is that whether you believe that you can or you can't, you're right. So the first step to accomplishing anything is to first believe that you're capable. And I mean, uh, us as humans, especially, are truly capable of so many amazing things that we never thought possible. I mean, a lot of the technologies that have been created, I'm sure you, you know, at one point in your life, you didn't think that that was going to come to fruition. And also, an uh, everyday example of this is that if, let's say, you're working out with a friend or a coach, um, oftentimes you think you're, you're, you've hit the point of exhaustion, but through some encouragement, whether forceful or not, you can also, you can always get a couple more repetitions out of your system. So this belief in yourself is extremely crucial. You really are way more talented and capable of doing things than you realize. Please believe that, um, it, it is true. Then with that belief, you can accomplish anything you want. So again, I really want to thank all the guests that came onto the show. Uh, without them, this podcast wouldn't be what it is uh, today and moving forward. And if you liked this episode, please check out um, all the other episodes that I mentioned and also the, the ones uh, before them. And you can do that by going to either tennisfiles.com slash iTunes, tennisfiles.com slash podcast. Uh, you or you can go on any podcast app that you use to listen to the show, including Spotify, Stitcher, Podcast Addict, and many other podcast platforms. And I'd really appreciate it if you would subscribe on those platforms as well. Um, that way, you can automatically get episodes downloaded to your smartphone or computer. It makes it as easy as possible. And I also, as I often like to do at the end of a, the of the podcast uh, is to read you a quote. And this one is by Confucius. And Confucius said, our greatest glory is not in never falling, but in rising every time we fall. And that's the name of the game, folks. We're always going to have failures and um, disappointments. But the most important thing is that we rise up in spite of those failures and, and roadblocks and to keep going and eventually accomplish our goals and getting past these roadblocks makes accomplishing what we dream of uh, much sweeter. So um, with that, I want to thank you so much for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And uh, next week, we will be having Jeff Salzenstein on the show. I'm excited to have him back to talk about mental performance and keep improving your tennis game uh, 1% each day, as we heard earlier in the show. And I will see you on the next episode of the Tennis Files podcast. Take care, everyone. Thanks for listening to the Tennis Files podcast. For more tips to help you improve your tennis game, visit TennisFiles.com.